Okay, are we ready to dig into the Word? It's been a while since I've taught on a Thursday morning, so um, I'm blessed to be here with you. It's, it's a privilege, always. So uh, make sure you're in Psalm 122, and let's pray. So Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for worship this morning, and just how beautiful that was. And um, Lord, we want to give you the time in the word, Lord, that you would speak to us as Rachel prayed. And so we know it's, it's through your Holy Spirit. And so have your way and your will be accomplished in and through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. I loved the worship songs this morning because they all just, um, you know, the lyrics about lifting up our eyes to the Lord and, and uh, especially this, the last one, I lift my eyes to the maker of the mountains I can't climb and to the calmer of the oceans raging wild. And I lift my eyes to the healer of the hurt I hold inside. I will lift up my eyes to you. And I think that that's a song that resonates with all of our hearts because uh, life is hard. Life, life is a difficult journey and there's a lot of adversity and just stuff going on. And we naturally view everything from a horizontal view because that's the plane we're on. So we're fixated on our families, on our marriages, on our children, on the things going on around us in our lives. And so often we see those waves crashing. And when we see the mountains, they look so huge because of this horizontal view that we have. And so we think, gosh, that mountain, it is too high. I cannot climb that. It looks impossible. But more than a song of crying out for help, it's a song of proclamation because the, we, we, we sang out, I will lift my eyes, right? I will lift my eyes. And maybe you came in here this morning and that's not where you were emotionally. And you're singing it and you're thinking, I, I'm not really lifting my eyes. But the more we proclaim it and we sing it out, the more we are transformed, aren't we? The, just the power of worship, the power of lyric, that when we proclaim it with our mouth, that how that transforms and it affects us. And it does um, cause us to lift our eyes up to the Lord. It's hard to sing songs like that without responding, without confessing with our mouths. And so we are reminded, wait a minute, it is his kindness that's going to pull me up. It is his love that's going to draw me in. And, you know, really lifting our eyes up to the Lord, it's an act of faith. It's an act of faith. And in that, we do find that courage and the calmness that comes over our lives um, as we just... um, have that faith that God is in control, that he will strengthen us. And, you know, worship songs and the lyrics we sing, they have an ascending effect upon us. Okay, they set an ascending that happens, a lifting up, a going higher in that transforming. And, and God knows this very well. And in the, in the Old Testament, oftentimes he would, he would say, go and teach this song to the people. There, there were songs. He wanted the children of Israel to learn that they would take with them, whether it was journeying through the desert or it was time for battle. And he would send out the worship team ahead of them, ahead of the battle. Um, and they would sing these songs as an act of worship. And we know that the entire book of Psalms that we're studying are, are songs unto the Lord. Well, Psalm 121, we know it's a song of ascent. 
It's one of 15 psalms that um, were specifically used um, by the children of Israel um, as they ascended or went up to Jerusalem um, to go um, celebrate the festivals that they were called to go up there for. And there were 15 of them at Psalm 120 through 134. Um, and what's amazing about this when you think about it is that they, they didn't take this journey one time a year or two times a year. It was three times a year they ascended up to Jerusalem. You know, last fall there was a group of us that went to Israel. And, oh, if you ever get the opportunity, it, it's, it's an amazing experience. But toward the latter part of the trip, um, we took the bus ride up to Jerusalem. And it, it was awesome. And actually in our bus, we were singing songs, you know, we were taking psalms and singing them up. We're like, let's sing the songs of ascent. And it was awesome. But I'm looking out the window, you know, and, and it was just you know, you, you see the ruins, like the, what Jerusalem is now, and you're, you, as you're ascending, you're picturing what it was like in its day, you know, in all of its glory. Um, but I was also, like, so blown away trying to imagine the children of Israel walking up to Jerusalem. I mean, we were on a bus <laughs> on a nice highway, and that is not at all their experience. And I just could not wrap my head around it. It is a steep Incline. In fact, Jerusalem's height is about 2,500 feet above sea level. So no matter what region you lived in in Israel, you went up to Jerusalem. And um, so I, can you even imagine what that would be like to, to grab your kids and, and the, the grandparents are coming and you grab your suitcases and you start walking to Jerusalem. And it was steep and it was dirt and there were rocks and slippery slopes and there were canyons and cliffs. And depending upon what region of Israel you lived in, it could take anywhere from one to five days to make that journey. A lot of the regions were more in that one to three day journey. But if, like, for instance, if you lived in Galilee, when we, you know, Jesus spent a lot of time around the Sea of Galilee, that was 70 miles to Jerusalem. So the average, say the Galileans walked 20 miles a day, which I don't even think I could do that. Uh, that would take like four days to get there. I, it, isn't that crazy to wrap your head around that? It would be like all of us deciding we're going to go to family camp this year. Okay, so we pack up the kids, we, we grab our luggage, we, we hop on some church vans, they take us to Temecula and they drop us off and say, okay, you're on your way, you're walking the rest. That, that's the distance. That would be like Temecula, we walk all the way to the base of the San Bernardino Mountains, and then we have to actually walk up to Twin Peaks Conference Center. So that gives you a visual of what this was like. And I just, I mean, gosh, no wonder they needed to cry out for help, right? We would be crying out for help. This is no sing-along worship stroll. These were, you know, mountain climbing songs. It was kind of like, even like a cadence, like a military march of like left, right, left, right, to keep them going and moving forward. And as the words of the psalm would, it would help take their minds off the fatigue and the pain and the illness and the injuries and all the fears along the way and help them fix their eyes on the Lord, the God, their help. So with that picture in mind, let's read again Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? 
My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Do you hear him? He's talking to us from the rooftops. Do you hear that right now, girls? Wait, stop, listen. Do you hear that? Someone's on our roof. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, oh, the Lord's speaking. I'm hearing, I'm hearing him. Anyways. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Wow. And ladies, we should be so thankful that we don't have to literally walk up a mountain to go to church. We don't have to make this long journey where we get the kids up. I mean, think about it. For a lot of you with kids, just getting your kids up and fed and clothed and in the car to make the 10-minute drive here, like, wore you out, right? (laughs) Amen? Can I get an amen? I remember those days. But seriously, we are blessed and not only do we have to not journey up a mountain, like the, we are the temple of the living God. Like he resides inside of us. So we have access all the time. It's not three times a year. It's every day, any moment that we want to be in the presence of God. He now dwells in us and he walks among us. But, you know, we take it for granted because we're lackadaisical, or at least I'll speak for myself. I am. I I have a predisposition for comfort and for ease. And so it's easy for us to fall just into the trap of, you know, the whole motions of church and Bible study and devotional time and worship and to sing the songs. And sometimes, girls, it is lip service, isn't it? It is lip service because our mind is far from what we're singing. We're not engaged. And so as I just thought about this whole mountain climbing thing, I was just in awe of God's wisdom and his sovereignty that he still calls us to climb mountains. We're still mountain climbers. We view mountains, though, as obstacles. They're the things that are in our way. They're the things that are blocking the path to blessing. They're, they're blocking our access to God. And, and we think, oh, if only I had enough faith, I could say to that mountain, be removed, and it would be removed. Amen? And we cry out for God to remove those mountains that are in our way. But God views mountains differently. If you think about it, in the Old Testament... His presence would descend from the throne in heaven, and like a cloud, it would rest on the top of a mountain. And you think about how the temple was specifically designed to be at the height of Jerusalem, at the top where you would have to go up. And right now, where is God seated? He's in the heavenlies, sitting on his throne, high and lifted up. So the mountains we face really are the paths that lead us to him. And as we ascend upward, we are drawing nearer to God most high. And you know, we have to understand that the journey upward is part of maturity for us. 
We want to avoid the mountains, but it's part of maturity. It's going to build our faith. It builds our endurance and our trust and our obedience. It helps us to see that we can't do it on our own. We need to be put in our place, that we need God's help, that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, I know that every single one of you could stand up this morning and testify to the faithfulness of God and how you have climbed mountains. You have. And it is only in those times where we really experience God in a deep and powerful way. It's in the journey that we know his power and we know his promises to be true. And just like Psalm 122, the provision's going to be there. The protection will be there. And so he says, girls, come up. Come up, look up, lift up your countenance to me. And girls, we're not going to have the mountaintop experiences unless we get to the top of the mountain. It's one thing we love. I love about retreat, you know, although we're not really going up a mountain for women's retreat. But spiritually we do. You know, we talk about it. Oh, the mountaintop experience. But now we got to go down back to home, you know. But no, we, ha- we have to climb the mountains to experience <clears throat> mountaintop experiences. So it's only when we're going to reach the top. And then, like Jeremiah in Jeremiah thirty two seventeen, we can proclaim, Ah, Lord God, as we're, as we're viewing from God's perspective at the height, when we're up there on the top of the mountain, we say, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Can you say that this morning? Are you, are you at the right view where you're seeing the bigness of God, that nothing is impossible for him? All the promises of Psalm 122 that the children of Israel sang out in faith are the promises that we're to sing out and march to in our own lives. They are our songs of ascent. And I'm doing something a little different today. I'm not going to really pick apart Psalm 122. I'm going to give you time to do that in your groups and really peel back what the Lord showed you as you looked up the different words and, and all the things in there about his protection and his provision and, and all of that. But what I want to focus on this morning is a few, a few things that just really blessed me from that. I loved the fact that God will not allow our foot to be moved. Um, I remember years ago when our kids were younger and we took a road trip with some other friends. And we went to like um, the Grand Canyon and all the national forests. And, and we had a great time. And our kids had a great time going on all the trails and, and you know, um, seeing all the sights. And they were just mesmerized by all the things to see. But guess where my eyes were? My eyes weren't on the sights. My eyes were on my children. Because all I cared about was their safety, you know, as we're on those trails and as we're looking over the Grand Canyon, that they're not getting too close to the edge, that they're not going to fall off and die. And so my, my concern was in protecting my children to make sure that they didn't stumble, that they didn't hurt themselves. And how much more is our Heavenly Father um, seeing us and his eyes are fixed on us and he is fully aware and completely able to keep keep us from falling. He's not going to accidentally let you fall off the cliff. Even though you may feel like it at times, he will not let you fall off the cliff. In fact, 
Psalm 18.36 says that, that the Lord enlarges the path under us so that our feet do not slip. I love that. He literally can enlarge the path underneath our feet so that we do not slip. And then, of course, one of my favorites is Psalm 18.33 that says, He makes my feet like the feet of deer, and he sets me on high places. So in other words, he gives me the ability and he develops my feet for the path so that I can walk as the deers. And um, how many of you have read Hind's Feet on High Places? Okay, a lot of you haven't. You need to pick up this beautiful little book, and it's an allegory of really the, the Christian life from salvation and, and climbing that mountain um, and, and just the maturity of that journey. Um, but the little character, Much Afraid, um, you know, she's, it's, it's like you're seeing her um, journey away from, like, her family, and it's like the fearing family, <laughs> and into those high places. But there's a quote that is so sweet. Um, where she says to her shepherd, Oh, shepherd, you said you would make my feet like hind's feet and set me upon high places. And then the shepherd replied, Well, the only way to develop hind's feet is to go by the paths which the hinds use. (laughs) And how often do we want to avoid those paths? Because they look really scary and impossible. And the Lord's like, No, you take the path. I'll develop you. I'll give you hind's feet so that you can go to the high places. I also loved the fact that God won't let, um, he, that God never sleeps, that, that he never closes his eyes. And I don't know about you, but I love sleep and I can barely keep my eyes open. <laughs> but God never closes his eyes. That, just wrap your mind around that one. And, and um, you know, for us, Sleep is, it, it, it's a fundamental requirement. God has created and designed us for sleep. You know, the longest recorded amount of time that a human being has stayed awake is, is 11 days. That's it. 11 days. And at the 11th day, he was, his body literally was shutting down, hallucinating, um, just everything mentally and, and his sight, his speech. And, and we literally can die without sleep. God's created us that way. We need that. And a lack of sleep is not a good thing. So for you, those of you who are lacking sleep, this is for you. I went on WebMD and I, <laughs> I, I found out the 10 things to hate about sleep loss. So here you go. Sleepiness causes accidents. Sleep loss dumbs you down. <laughs> sleep deprivation can lead to serious health problems. Lack of sleep kills your sex drive. Sleepiness is depressing (laughs) in a real sense. Lack of sleep, it ages your skin. Sleepiness makes you forgetful. Losing sleep can make you gain weight. Lack of sleep may increase risk of death. And sleep loss impairs judgment, especially about sleep. But you know, there's this spiritual element, the spiritual picture of the benefit of sleep also, because in order to sleep, we have to literally let go, don't we? To close our eyes and shut down and off, it's, it's a picture of surrender. It's a picture of acknowledging the God of the universe who is fully in control. And we want to think we are in control when we're awake. And we are not in <laughs> control. But when we literally have to lay our head down at the end of the day, it's such a beautiful picture, or it should be, of us 
casting our cares on the Lord, forgetting about all the tasks we didn't get done and all the crazy things going on in life and all, all the burdens we have for our children, all those things, and where we can just lay it before the Lord and shut our eyes and go to sleep. And in that process... We're resting in the Lord. He's rejuvenating us physically. All the hormones, all the stuff that happens while we're sleeping is truly, truly amazing. But we need to know, girls, that God is just as active in our lives while we're sleeping than while we're awake. He's just as active. So, don't lose sleep. Okay? Just don't do it. Don't lose sleep. Rest in his unfailing love. In fact, we're all familiar with the scripture in Matthew where Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am weak, meek, and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. So do you see here in this picture, he's promising not only rest physically, but rest spiritually, rest for our souls. We need both. Amen. So you can talk about all the things about him being your keeper, which is so fun. There's so much in there. But I will say I'm glad that he promises that we are not going to go crazy. Okay? That whole thing about the moon will not smite you. Back in that day, for some reason, they thought if the moon smit them, it would drive them crazy, make them lunatics. And I just find humor in this. You know, that God's like, you're not going to go crazy. Because when we're in the middle of crisis... Don't we feel like we're losing our mind? I've been there. I've been there. God says, you're not going to lose your mind. But listen, girls, we still have our part because our minds are powerful. And we have a choice of where we take our mind. Yeah, he promises you're not going to go crazy, but he wants more than that. He doesn't want us just to be these mad women or keep us from being mad women. He wants us to be women that are at peace and that are in the right mind and a healthy mind. And so that's going to take us doing our part where we let the mind of Christ be in us, where we fix our mind on things above and not on this earth, where we think about, um, you know, uh, trying to remember the scripture, but how, um, you know, heavenly minded where Christ is seated. Amen. All of those things. So we have to, we have to put those scriptures into practice that we set our mind on the things of the spirit. That's Romans eight, five Ephesians four talks about how we got to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. First Peter one 13 says, girls, you got to gird up the loins of your mind that you have to be sober. You have to rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. And of course, we're not going to go there. We have time, but we all know Philippians four, six through eight. Most of us probably have it memorized about how not to be anxious and what we need to be doing in our prayer life. And then the fact that we need to fix our minds on the things that are right and true and lovely and pure and a good report. So we have to ask ourselves, are we doing our part when we're in those hard, difficult times in those mountains. We have the choice, really, to, we're either, depending on our thought life and where we go, we're either going to descend down, spiral down, or we're going to ascend up. And God's given us everything we need to ascend up. 
we have to make that choice. And you girls can talk about the beautiful reassurances of how he preserves us. But girls, we don't want to live in fear of evil. It's so important that we don't live in fear of evil, that we don't live in fear of our enemy, Satan, that our minds don't become fearful, okay? We're to have those sound minds because of the love of Christ. Again, another quote in Heinz V. High Place is, much afraid is letting her imagination run wild with all her fears of what is lurking ahead on the path. Have you ever been that, done that? It's crazy, how our imaginations can just take over. And it, it, yeah, I, yes, I'm a fraidy cat. I'm afraid of the dark and any little sound, any, anything. And I'm telling you that's something I've had to work through in my life to just catch it right away. Stop. Don't, don't let my imagination go. Just cry out to the Lord right away. It's important. Well, I'm a little much afraid. She's, she's imagining all the fears that lurk her head. And the good shepherd says, much afraid. Don't ever allow yourself to begin trying to picture what it will be like. Believe me, when you get to the place where you dread, you will find that they are as different as possible from what you had imagined, just as was the case when you were actually ascending the precipice. I must warn you that I see your enemies lurking among the trees ahead. And if you ever let craven fear begin painting a picture on the screen of your imagination— You will walk with fear and trembling and agony where no fear is. God will always take up a deliberate, defensive position to protect you because you are valuable and he knows your vulnerable areas and you can trust that he will keep you safe. He will keep your soul safe. So girls, let's climb. Let's have mindsets that are upward. Let's sing our song of ascents. And really, if you take the time to read all 15 of those psalms in one sitting, and I would encourage you to do that, you will see that there is a progression that literally takes place from where they start on, on the journey and they're crying out in desperation and Lord help us and they're lifting their eyes. And in the final one, they're saying, bless the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. It's a beautiful progression, and the Lord wants us to experience that too as we sing out our songs of ascent. There should be progression in our lives. We should be maturing in this area. But I do want to say that sometimes God calls us up mountains to test us, to test our obedience, to test our love and our maturity. And I want you to turn to Genesis 22. It's a familiar story where God tests Abraham with his son. But I want to read it together because I think some things will, will kind of stand out to you in light of our message today. So Genesis chapter 22. And oh, where does it start? Is it the beginning of that? Now it came to pass. Is that verse 1? Thanks, Jenny Mae. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Note that. He responded, here I am. And God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and he saddled his donkey and took two 
of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose, and he went to the place of which God had told him. In other words, he started climbing his mountain. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. So this was a long journey. And then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son... God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together, and then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So have you ever wondered what, it would have, what would have happened if Abraham had not taken his eyes off of Isaac and lifted them up in faith, expecting God to provide? How often are our eyes so fixed on what is so precious to us, what we're so afraid of losing, what we're so afraid um, we just want to protect that we do not get our eyes off of that thing and lift them up in faith, trusting God to provide in our lives, trusting God's goodness, trusting his love and his care. Girls, when you don't... I love this song. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my place, but I just want to challenge you. I'm being challenged in that area of my life because... A mountain I'm having to face right now is my sister has, um, she's got cancer and it's terminal. And I'm just going to be really honest with you. I feel like I've gone through the different phases. You know, I first the mountain and it just seems so big. And um, at first I just was like, I just want great faith. (laughs) And I spent a lot of time just on my knees and praying and really praying with all the faith I could muster up mountain be removed. 
But that mountain is still there. So then, okay, I don't have the faith, but God, you can do it. All things are possible for you. And so, Lord, please be merciful and just do it. And the mountain's still there. (laughs) And so it's taken me a while to be like, okay, I'm going to start climbing up that mountain. Because I was just like, no, no, I'm not going up there. You cannot take my sister. I just begged him, don't take her, don't take her, don't take her. But the mountain's still there, and so I am climbing it. And I'm, I'm putting into the practice this song of ascent. I want to trust God. I want to know that I'm going to meet him in a deeper way, and I know my sister's meeting him in a deeper way, and that God is moving in that family. Now, that doesn't mean I'm still not praying for a miracle, because I am, and I will until he says no. But you all have your mountains, and we have to make that choice. Are we going to lift up our eyes? Are we going to take our focus off of the thing that we're just saying, no, Lord, that's too hard, that's too difficult, or it's impossible, or don't call me to do that, I can't do that. And we're going to choose to lift up our countenance and trust our Lord and sing and sing and sing and sing in faith. I love the Lauren Daigle song that says, when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. And when you don't part the waters that I wish I could walk through, when you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. Because you are my strength and comfort. You are my steady hand. You are my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Your ways are always higher. Your plans are always good. I will trust. I will trust. I will trust in you. If you're facing a mountain this morning, can you just stand to your feet? If you're facing a mountain, will you stand to your feet? I just want to pray for you. Lord, we thank you that you're the God of all hope. And Lord, we can find confidence and assurance in your unfailing love. And Lord, we thank you that you rule and reign high, that you are seated in the heavenlies. Lord, that you are in control of the entire universe and you're in control of our lives. And we can rest in you and in your character and in your love. And Lord, there's, we're just standing up, confessing the fact that there's a mountain in front of us, Lord. And we need your help to trust you, to move forward, to climb. And Lord, all along the way with the fears and the pain that it causes and the suffering, Lord, we, we want to reach the top. We want you. We want you more than we want our circumstance to change. And maybe we feel, don't feel that way at times, Lord. But we know, ultimately, we want you more than we want our circumstances to change. And so, Lord, I pray for the women standing, Lord, that right now your Holy Spirit would come upon them and fill them afresh, and you would empower them 
to walk in faith, to obey you, to trust you. And Lord, that you would give them victory. Lord, that you would give them hinds feet for high places. And that they would not be afraid to traverse the trail. They would not fear their enemy. That we would trust in you. And Lord, help us sing. Help all of us to sing. Help our minds to ascend high, to ascend into the heavenlies. Mature us, stretch us, grow us, and help us. And I ask this in faith, in Jesus' name. Amen.